Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. First thing you've got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network, and joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Roto-Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking season-long bets for the 2024 NASCAR Cup Series, and we may mix in a crossover bet or two with the Super Bowl. But first, let's rewind to this past weekend and the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum. The clash ended up being run late on Saturday night, thanks to some awful weather in the L.A. area. And Stevie, our victory lane pick, Denny Hamlin, who we got at double-digit odds, took the win after passing teammate Ty Gibbs, who probably had the dominant car, but uh, got passed by Denny Hamlin late on some some late restarts. And Hamlin was able to hold off Kyle Busch for the win as Gibbs and Joey Logano tangled, among others. We saw Bubba Wallace get spun out on the last lap, so... What are your thoughts just from the clash and, uh, you know, winning the first victory lane bet of the year? Yeah, 1-0. Um, I mean, it only goes up from here, right? So, yep. you know, I mean, the clash, Toyota's had a lot of speed. Kind of expected that. You know, they were really fast in the testing on a short flat. This is the same package as last year. We're going to have to wait here for a month or two before we really get to see what the new package is going to do with the new bodies of the Toyota and Fords. Um, they were not expecting a new package, and we'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, I mean, Toyota was fast. It was great to see Denny fast. It was great to see Ty Gibbs fast. Um, I think that Ty Gibbs is someone, you know, in the betting market that we're going to be taking advantage of a lot this season, especially early. So, you know, if you can find – I know his, his, like, win prop for the season is, like, over a half a win – but it's like minus 160. If you could find yeah. that around like minus 130, that is definitely one. It's, that it's I funny. Would I, was, I was going to give that on this podcast. I had it eyed. It was like minus 120 yeah. at one point before the clash. And then 
as the clash was going on, it moved. Like it I was watching the odds during the clash, it moved all the way to minus one sixty as he was dominating that race. So I was hoping to save over half a win on Ty Gibbs for this particular podcast, but I, I just can't do it at minus one sixty, minus one sixty five in that neighborhood. But you're right; it was great to see Ty Gibbs run up front. I I definitely think he's grabbing a win or two this year. Uh, it, for me, it's the Joe Gibbs uh, third year driver trend. Every single one of their drivers wins by their third year, except for like Daniel Suarez. Uh, if you look back in history, uh, it, whether they're in their first three years with the team, whether they've been a veteran in the series or coming in as a rookie, every Joe Gibbs driver, uh, except for like Daniel Suarez wins within their first three years with the team. And I don't think it's going to be any different for Ty Gibbs because this is really, it's his third year of the team. I mean, he, he's subbed in at 2311 technically, uh, but it's an extension of of Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, so I'm kind of counting this as his third year with the team, and uh, I think Todd Gibbs is definitely pulling off a win or two this year. But I agree. I thought the clash was uh, kind of what we expected. You know, the big names, the big teams ran up front. We didn't see too many surprising names run towards the front. Uh, you know, I know a couple guys had some good practice kind of qualifying efforts, if you will, with the way qualifying worked out, but uh, ended up being the big names at the front. So no major surprises there in terms of drivers running up front. But that was the clash. We're 1-0 on Victory Lane this year. We got to look ahead to the 2024 season. I'm excited. We have Daytona right around the corner. We're going to have Speed Weeks next week. We've got, of course, qualifying and then the duels and then the 500. Uh, but that's just one of 36 points paying races. Obviously, we're also going to have the all-star race. Uh, so we have an exciting season ahead of us. And that includes some new drivers in some new places. You know, if we look, for example, at Stuart Haas Racing, we have Josh Berry uh, filling in for the retired Kevin Harvick in that four car there. We have Noah Gregson uh, taking place of Eric Almarola in the 10 car. We have Carson Hosevar in the number 77 car as a teammate to Corey LaJoy. So a lot of drivers, new drivers, new places. Daniel Hamrick coming into colleague there. Uh, so Stevie, first of all, talk about, you know, maybe your thoughts on some of these new drivers and new places. Do you expect any of them to surprise? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the driver changes? I think Noah Gregson's in the best spot. Um, personally, he got to run this car for a majority of the season last year. So he kind of already has a foot up on these other guys. Justin Haley ran the cars the last two years, but he's going, he's getting a downgrade in equipment going to Rick Ware racing. Um, mm -hmm. so I think Gregson has the best chance. He's going to be in a Stuart Haas car, you know, Stuart, Tony Stewart's very excited about Noah Gregson. So I think he has the best chance to have the best season. Daniel Hemrick, I, I highlighted this in an article already, one top five and 47 cup starts, one win in 186 Xfinity starts, and no win in, in 50 truck races. So the guy is closing in on 300 career cup races or NASCAR races and has one win. Um, yep. So I think that we're going to see colleague kind of struggle a little bit this season. They're going to have rotating drivers in the other car. Might be a down year for colleague just in general. I think John Hunter is in a fantastic spot as well. Legacy yeah. going over to Toyota. They've highlighted, Jimmy Johnson has highlighted the fact that like they were like a second or third tier with Chevy and they are getting top tier stuff from Toyota. So I think that John Hunter and Noah Gregson's in the best spot. 
Josh Berry is the wild card. He's a phenomenal race car driver. He's getting older. He's getting towards the end of his prime as far as racing, you know, age. So Stuart Haas struggled for speed last year in general, and we saw Kevin Harvick struggle in that car. I just don't know if Josh Berry is the answer. Good, good opportunity for Barry. I just don't know what to expect from him. So big things I'm expecting from Gregson and John Hunter. And then I'm a little worried about, I mean, really all the other changes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. Uh, you know, I, I definitely think John Hunter's in a great spot uh, as well. Just in that Toyota camp, he's got Eric Jones as a teammate. We know Eric Jones is a, a great driver. You and I have both been high on him over the years. Uh, and then, Honestly, I think Carson Hostovar could make some noise this year, even in the limited races he ran last year uh, in that 42 car, among others. Uh, you know, he he kind of did uh, some good things there, right? He got uh, a race in the Spire 7 car last year as well at Gateway, had a great showing before, uh, resulting in a DNF. But uh, honestly, I think Carson Hostovar could, could make a little noise in the 77 car this year as well and compete with... Corey LaJoy, honestly, for uh, top honors on that team. He just, uh, Hosvar to me, needs to, um, he's very aggressive. And if he's able to kind of Ross Chastain uh, aggression levels where he, um, you know, isn't too overly aggressive and is learning to rein it in more and more with Ross Chastain and be selectively aggressive, I think he can have a good year. But it's going to be a learning curve for a rookie in the Cup Series at any point in time. So those are kind of the the major driver changes that we've looked at. We've got some other changes. We talked about it a little last week, but maybe we can elaborate more uh, about the body changes to the Toyota and to the Ford. So both of these manufacturers coming in with new bodies for 2024. How do you think that'll shake things up? What is Chevy doing? I mean, like... Yeah. No no announcement from Chevy this past season I thought was interesting. Everyone knew Ford was going. Toyota jumped right on board as well. So, I mean, that's my first thought is what are we what are we expecting from Chevy with them? I mean, we're going to expect better things from Toyota and Ford. I mean, they designed these bodies after this new car, so they're going to be better. Look at the speed that we saw. I mean, we just saw it at the clash. The three fastest cars were Gibbs, Toyota, Joey Logano, Ford, Denny Hamlin, Toyota. I mean, the best Chevy was probably Kyle Busch, and he got up into the top three, but, I mean, he wasn't able to compete speed-wise with those Fords and Chevy or Toyotas. So, um, and we saw that in the test. There was a lot of optimistic about how fast Toyota was with the test. My biggest thing with the new Toyota and Ford changes is when Toyota and Ford designed these bodies, they did not know that NASCAR was going to use a new short track package. Chevy is going to have an advantage, I think, on the short tracks at the beginning of the season, or it's going to be the complete opposite, and these these two bodies are going to be extremely good on the short track package, and they're going to dominate. So I think it matters a lot, and you're going to see that with our season-long bets. I know you and I both are very high on Toyota. So I think, first of all, the biggest thing here is what is Chevy doing? Second of all, let's see how the Toyota and Ford changes matter. And the third thing is, from everything I've read and heard, Ford is giving up some super speedway speed with this new body. And that re- that th- that right there reflects big time on what we're going to see next weekend in Daytona. And I think we'll be paying attention very closely to the duels to see how much really are they giving up with this new body. 
Yeah, and and to that point, not only maybe is Ford giving up a little bit on the super speedway side, but I've heard that the you know the Toyota nose is nice and flat and really good for pushing. So maybe we see a little bit of balance of power uh, shift in super speedway racing, and maybe Toyota. Uh, kind of takes the lead from Ford on the super speedways this year. Uh, we already know what Chevy's got on the super speedways. They're good, but they weren't as good as the Fords last year. So it could be a little more balanced, but maybe with Toyota taking the lead on the super speedways. And like you said, we're going to find out quickly. Not only do we have the Daytona 500 and, and the duels, but right after that, we have another drafting race in Atlanta. So the first two races of the year uh, are going to be drafting races. And so we won't really know where these cars stand on kind of the intermediate style until we get to Las Vegas in the third race of the year. And then short flat track racing at Phoenix in the fourth race of the year. So those are going to be some two major races, Phoenix and Las Vegas. So I should say Las Vegas, then Phoenix, uh, some two major races there to pay attention to so we can get an idea of what these teams, these manufacturers look like in the various packages. Uh, Stevie, any other, you mentioned the, the, you know, the kind of the rules changes on the shorter, flatter tracks. Talk about those and then maybe any other major rule changes you're eyeing and how that might affect betting in 2024. Yeah, I don't know how much the short track package is really going to affect betting. I think that's something we're going to have to just kind of wait and see. But I think the two biggest things that are going to affect betting this season is road courses are going back to stage breaks, which I think is the biggest thing for betting because it's now... Now you're not trying to predict the fastest car. You're trying to predict the fastest car that you think is going to be on the best winning race strategy. Um, So maybe a car that's really fast that already has a win that doesn't necessarily need the stage points. So I think the road course going back to stage breaks is the biggest thing on the betting side. And I think qualifying is huge. They have changed how they're going to do group a, I mean the group a and the group B drivers that don't make the top 10 this year is like, Group A is going to be evens and Group B is going to be odds or vice versa. And now we're talking like we might have good drivers that might just have one bad qualifying lap start five or six rows further back because of this new qualifying change. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. If you're in a group that's really fast and you have like eight or nine really fast cars and like you're now starting like 16th or 18th because you didn't make it into the top 10. There might be some potential value in outrights or top 10s, top five bets. So I think for betting, those are the two things that we're really going to be paying attention to as far as changes this year. I, I do prefer this qualifying format compared to the, what we had the past couple of years because there often was a discrepancy between the groups just in track conditions and so you know the the driver that qualified sixth in their group right they wouldn't have made the top five to go to have a final round qualifying effort but if they were in the slow track conditions group they wouldn't have been starting 11th or 12th sometimes they were starting as far back as like 16th 17th 18th which was a little unfair knowing you were sixth fastest in your group and then ended up starting way back there. And we almost saw that this past weekend in the clash. We had six groups in qualifying. Chase Briscoe was fastest in his group and almost didn't make the clash. He was the last car in because he had the slowest track condition group. Uh, so I thought that was something that was 
kind of interesting. So uh, I think that's going to be, like you said, a big thing if, if you if you just have a fast group. Now, there are times it's track conditions that affect your group speeds. And then there's other times where maybe you just get a lot of good cars in one group. And like you said, if you are uh, have one little bad lap, one little slip up in a fast car group, and all of a sudden you're starting 22nd, that might open up betting value on that driver. So I think that's a really important point. You mentioned uh, the stage break cautions at road courses. We'll definitely be talking about that. Uh, I do think the, you know, the short track package, the road course package changes here are going to be interesting. We'll have to see how it affects passing. We'll also have to see how it affects the different manufacturers handling at these different tracks. I know, for example, two years ago, the Toyotas really struggled on road courses, and then they kind of figured out the road course package last year. Does it affect them this year? We saw, you know, for example, the the Fords last year, they struggled in, especially early season in shorter flat tracks because of the nose design that was made to kind of reduce drag and reduce downforce. Uh, so that was one of those things where they were better at some of these uh, higher speed tracks but struggled a little when when it mattered in terms of like handling and things like that. So just something to to keep an eye on as we, you know, go through these various races. Finally, Stevie, of course, this is the season long podcast. So we're going to be making some season long bets. We're going to be talking about season long wins, season long head to heads or point standings, uh, championship bets. What are your just kind of overall thoughts when we're trying to handicap season long betting? I mean, I think the books did fantastic this year as far as outright championship odds. Um, last year, we saw a lot of value. We talked a lot about outrights to win the championship on the on this podcast last year, but I feel like there's not a ton of value in what we saw in speed last year. So I think now we have to like switch gears. Um, I know some books are offering like you know winning manufacturer bets and you know which manufacturer is going to do this and. There's some books that are offering wins. So I think just knowing, I think just overall knowing like which book is offering what and trying to find value is the best way to take advantage of season long bets. I mean, you're tying your money up for 36 weeks, probably longer than that this year because we have the Olympics. So if you're not finding a lot of like big time value, just wait. I mean, we we have a ton of stuff coming up with 36 races. um, So Look for value, but don't feel like you have to bet season-long bets. I mean, that's that's something that I, I feel like I try to preach, but I think we found some value. I know we're on a lot of the same stuff here. We found some value, um, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of value in, say, a week. So I think if you're wanting to get on some of this stuff, you want to get on it before the speed week starts. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, that is going to do it for our 2024 season preview in terms of previewing this season kind of where our thoughts are so now it's time to dive into some bets as always we're going to take you for a lap through the 2024 season that'll be four turns for this year one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane so it is time to throw the green flag on the 2024 season long bets and dive into turn one this is ryan blaney and we're running hops all right stevie Start us off with your turn one pick. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Toyota. That's going to be a common theme. Just get ready for it. Um, it's a very mm-hmm. common theme of this podcast, but I'm going to go to Denny Hamlin over two and a half wins at plus 130. You and I were kind of shopping this before we started to see what the line was, and the best we found was plus 130, and I think that is 
really good value. My model is showing this at value at plus money just in general. So yeah. um, taking advantage of this one. Denny has 20 wins over the last five seasons. I mean, he kind of had a down year in 2022. Toyota in general kind of had a down year in 2022. He bounced back last year. He had a ton of speed. He had three wins. And I mean, with the speed that we saw in the clash and the speed that we saw in testing from Toyota, it's hard not to have a ton of interest in Denny when he's so good at so many different track types. So Denny Hamlin over two and a half wins plus 130 is my turn one pick. Yeah, and uh, I'm right there with you. My turn one pick is Denny Hamlin over two and a half wins at plus 130. This was easily my number one bet for season long. Uh, and like Stevie said, shop this. Uh, you know, there's a prominent book in Las Vegas that has it. That's in a bunch of other states as well. Uh, but as Stevie mentioned, if you want to get it at plus 110, if you have that available to you, if you want to get it even money, uh, if you have that available to you, we like those odds as well. We both have Denny Hamlin favored to go over two and a half wins and just tagging along with all the stuff you said. I mean, the new body for Toyota heard lots of good things about it. Denny Hamlin is great pretty much everywhere i think you know obviously his air quote weakest uh part would maybe be at the road courses uh if you've been watching that new nascar uh netflix show you know denny hammond was kind of saying he's no longer in the elite road course he's just in the really good road course group but you know if that's your worst part of your uh driving ability uh, is a few road course races you're primed to win at pretty much anywhere uh, uh that nascar visits so Danny Hamlin over two and a half wins. Both Stevie and I are on that at anything plus money. So that is turn one. We're going to roll the corner into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. Okay, turn two, Stevie. Looks like you're going back to uh, the Denny Hamlin well here in turn two. Yeah, we're going to go Denny Hamlin over Chase Elliott season long points minus 120. Hamlin ranked second in driver rating. Elliott was 10th. Hamlin also ranked second in speed. Elliott was 12th. I do expect Chase Elliott to have a better season. And I think the stage breaks and the potential package for the road courses is going to help Elliott. You know, we came on this podcast last year and I, I planted my flag at under three and a half wins for Chase Elliott. <laughs> and he had one of his worst seasons ever. He got hurt um, outside of racing. So I, my model is showing a heavy favorite here for Hamlin. I'm expecting Toyota to have a lot of speed this season, like we just talked about with his over two and a half wins. I think Denny has a chance to go to the Final Four. I think Denny has a, one of the best chances to win a championship. I know it's kind of the thing that has been haunting him forever, but I think Denny over Chase is a really solid value bet here, and I like Denny a lot. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think uh, Denny Hamlin season long points. I mean, y you just mentioned it. Denny Hamlin ranked better than Chase in pretty every major, met, pretty much every major metric last year. Uh, and you know, it certainly was a down year for Chase Elliott. Uh, and that's why my turn to pick is Chase Elliott over one and a half wins at minus one twenty. And again, you got to shop this one if you have this available to you. I would only take over one and a half. I would not take over two and a half, uh, even though you may be getting some some significant plus money. I don't mind that if you're getting significant plus money at over two and a half, but uh, make sure you shop and find the over one and a half at minus 120. Uh, again, that same same book that was hanging in the Hamlin plus 130 is hanging Chase Elliott over one and a half at minus 120. And, and and like I said, it's a full win below the rest of the market. And I think it's just an overreaction to Chase Elliott's year last year. You know, a lot of things went wrong for Elliott. Obviously, he really early in the season 
uh, before Las Vegas, which is the third race of the year. He broke his leg in that snowboarding accident. Uh, he had to sit out a race at Gateway uh, for a, you know, aggressive driving on Denny Hamlin at Charlotte uh, the week before. So uh, I like the Denny Hamlin bet over Chase Elliott, definitely. But I still think Chase Elliott can grab multiple wins. I mean, prior to 2023, the five seasons before that, he cleared this line. So uh, this is just an overreaction. Chase Elliott is going to bounce back. When I look at my win probabilities for Chase Elliott last year for each individual race, he really wasn't below 3% in any of them. And he was often as high as 7 or 8% in some of them. And, and especially early before we adjusted for the fact that, uh, you know, he had gotten a little, I wouldn't say worse, but just was ha- obviously having a down year. Uh, you know, he was as high as 10 or 12% in a couple races really early in the season. And so if he comes even halfway back to that level, you know, he's we're sitting there with him winning between five and eight percent at uh probability at most of these races that's good enough to clear one and a half pretty easily honestly so uh i know you know it's not quite where we would be with denny hamlin over two and a half wins but i like over one and a half wins on chase elliott if you're gonna go over two and a half you need way more than we're getting plus 130 on denny hamlin i would be saying you need at least a two in front of that number uh you know the plus number there to go over two and a half wins on chase elliott i'm curious your thoughts on that though uh with chase elliott not playing my flag this year nick um i would be with you on this one i think one and a half is too small Look at the speed that Hendrick Motorsports had last year. Like, I mean, people remember Chase Elliott getting hurt, but they also don't remember that he was one of the strongest cars at Fontana right before he got hurt. He finished Mm -hmm. second in that race. A big injury to your leg when you're a race car driver is not easy to come back from. I mean, you're in the car. Your sponsors are happy because you're in the car. But let's be honest, he wasn't Chase Elliott. I mean, he didn't lead more than like 40 laps until race number 28 last year. Um, So if you're telling me after watching Byron and watching Kyle Larson have all that speed that Chase Elliott was 100%, you're you're telling me that I'm not listening to you. Um, It's just like (laughs) Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman was really strong. He got hurt. He was really, he struggled. So with this new car, if you end up missing like three, four, five races, like you're so far behind. Like there's been so much that has been made up on you in that period so starting fresh starting with the new packages this year i think that one and a half is definitely a number that i'd get over and like like you said i mean five years in a row coming into the last year chase had won at least two races so uh i think he bounces back this year and I just think I just hope that Denny scores more. Um, so yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's possible to win both of these bets yes, for, for sure, sure because yeah. we're doing a season long head to head, which is points, and then Chase Elliott can still have his two wins, and and we'll all be happy. And you know, one other point I didn't even mention: Chase Elliott's a great road course racer. We're gonna have five or six of those this year. Uh, we've got six super speedway races this year if you you know you count atlanta as the the drafting race so he can always win any of those uh that's a good chunk of races there that he becomes one of the favorites in or at least uh equal to the field even if he's still having kind of a down year but i don't think he will and you mentioned it, it it's so hard to come back but especially from a leg injury like chase elliott had because you're literally losing your legs to drive and also alex bowman's back injury you do a lot of race car driving through your feel, through your lower back and your butt. And if you break your back, that is certainly also going to affect your feel of the car. So maybe a potential ba- uh, bounce back for Alex Bowman as well. So we've finished turns one and two. We're going to head down the back stretch of the season 
But before we get into turn three, I want to remind you all, Running Hot is proudly presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $158 in bonus bets when you bet $5. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, turns one and two are down. We've gone down the backstretch, and it's time to head into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, two turns down, two turns to go. What do you got for us in turn three? Yeah, I've bet two outright champions um, this year, and both of them are in turn three for us. So I'm with you on yours. I've already bet mine as well. But Kyle Busch at 16-1 to to win the championship. Kyle ranked top 10 in speed and driver rating. It was his first year with Chevy, um, back with Chevy, and it was his first year with RCR. He won three races. He had got off to a fantastic start, and we kind of talked about it. Chevy could benefit if Toyota and Ford struggles with this new package because they weren't expecting the new package with the car. My model is showing value at 16 to 1 here on Kyle. I'll have it closer to like 12 to 13, and most books have this at like 12 to 14, so... Definitely want to shop this around. There's a few books that have it at 16 to 1. And I like the 16 to 1 number. I think Kyle is always someone that like can turn it on in the playoffs. And I think the playoff race is actually set up pretty good for Kyle this year. So if he can have a a above average year like Kyle Bush that we're used to, um, we, we're going to see him in the championship 16. And then it's just from there, see how it kind of plays out. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's a great year for guys named Kyle. I would love that, uh, <laughs> given given uh, my IndyCar fandom there. But uh, yeah, Kyle Busch, I think certainly, like you said, he can turn it on in the playoffs. When he gets hot, he can reel off a bunch of victories. Three wins last year, and now, like you said, he gets another year with the team, uh, second year with Richard Childress Racing. I think they'll continue to kind of improve and gel as a team there. And mine is also a kind of a longer shot championship pick in turn three here. And I'm going to go with Ross Chastain to win the championship at 22 to one. I know it sounds kind of, you know, like meh, but think back to two years ago when after a handful of races, we got him 60 to one. And all of a sudden, halfway through the year, he's down 12 to one, 14 to one. And people are still betting him there and are excited about betting him at 12 or 14 to one. Uh, this is again, kind of, I would say not really an overreaction, but a, just kind of a bit of a, a reaction to last year where he got eliminated in that second round, I believe it was. Uh, so didn't even make the top eight there, but you know, I, I still love this bet. Uh, all Ross Chastain has to do is make the championship four and then he's right in contention given how good he's been at Phoenix. And this is kind of a Phoenix play for me. Uh, he's, if you look around, he's around plus 350 to plus 400 to make Phoenix. And then all of a sudden, he may be favored to win Phoenix, right? He, two years in a row in the championship race, he has had the best car. He did not win two years ago. That went to Joey Logano, who won the race. But remember, Joey Logano had Ryan Blaney kind of, maybe Blaney had the best car. It was kind of arguable, like, Blaney and, and, and Chastain had the best car both years in a row. But at worst, Chastain had a top two car at Phoenix that year. Blaney was kind of playing wingman for Logano, and Chastain was catching them. Uh, Blaney could have passed Logano, and, and then Chastain could have passed Logano, and that would have cost Logano the championship uh, because certainly 
Ross Chastain was better than Joey Logano towards the end of that race. And then last year, he goes out and wins the race, even though he wasn't one of the championship four drivers. So Phoenix, great track for Ross Chastain. He has another top three finish there uh, from two years ago. So in four starts there, he's, you know, he's posted some amazing results at Phoenix. So if he makes it to Phoenix, he's a legitimate championship threat. So 22 to one, just too long for me, Stevie. Yeah, like I said, I bet this one too. I was looking at the Phoenix data and that's half of betting an outright champion is who's fast at Phoenix. Like, yeah, I mean, they're NASCAR, they're, it's very, it's such an interesting sport because it's predictable as far as trying to predict speed, but it's one of the most unpredictable things because, I mean, anybody can get a flat tire and get knocked out of the race at any point. So looking at the championship four just in general and then looking at how cars perform at Phoenix is a great way to look at outright bets. So Chastain, like you said, and you you think, right? You think Trackhouse just says, hey, that car just goes back over in the corner and it doesn't mm-hmm. get touched again until Phoenix championship weekend. Uh, because, yeah. that, I mean, basically that's what Penske told us they did with Joey Logano's car from the year before. That was mm-hmm. the, the car that Blaney won with was Joey Logano's car the year before that. And they said they didn't run it in between those races. So you want to know how important Phoenix is? There's a bunch of million dollars just sitting in a corner in these race shops waiting to go back for one race out of the 36 and you only are allotted i think five to six cars each team so yeah that's how important phoenix is exactly so uh kind of a phoenix play there but we know ross can make the championship four he's already done it once in his career uh so why not a second time so i'm gonna take ross chastain 22 to 1 for turn three so that leaves one turn left before we drive into victory lane and of course that's turn four I'm Noah Gregson, and this is Turn 4 here on Running Hot. Our last turn, Stevie. Uh, Looks like we are going back to the Toyota well here. What do you got for us? I'm going to go to the 2024 Cup Series winning manufacturer Toyota. Plus 185 here. I really like this one. I get it that they don't have as many cars in the field as like Ford and Chevy, but they shouldn't be the longest odds in this ever. I mean, four of the top seven fastest cars last year were Toyotas They in speed and three of the top five were Toyotas. So they're adding a new car, which we've already kind of expected them to be stronger in general. Legacy Motor Club is coming over with a young driver in John Hunter that is very aggressive. Eric Jones is coming back home to Toyota where he's had a ton of success in his um, NASCAR career, and they're just going to be better overall. So now we're looking at the potential of seven drivers that can go out and win any race, any race. Like, you give me a Toyota, we might be talking Toyota bets all year because, I mean, there's just seven guys that can easily win each and every week, and some races are going to be eight because we're going to get some Jimmy Johnson um, exposure this year as well. So... Just really like where Toyota's at. I really like Joe Gibbs Racing this year, and I really liked the Toyota camp just in general. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think, you know, Toyota is going to be uh, super strong this year. They always are. You mentioned look at all those fast drivers in the Toyota camp last year. Uh, and you even talked about it. You talked about Eric Jones. Um, I, I don't hate like long shot flyer on him if they're going to be almost as good or maybe as good as 2311 and, and Joe Gibbs racing. I don't hate a 130 to one, I think is out there flyer on Eric Jones winning the championship or a 25 or so, 30 or so to one to make the, the championship four. I don't mind those at all. Um, but you mentioned it. You've got Danny Hamlin, you got Christopher Bell. 
who has been in the championship for two years in a row. You got Martin Truex Jr., former champion. Just those three right there are why my turn four pick is a little different. I'm taking Joe Gibbs Racing to win the championship at two to one. I like getting those that little extra value on Joe Gibbs Racing uh, to win the championship. So if you if you just narrow it down to those drivers, I think those are the three that'll be competing for the title this year uh, among the Toyota camp will be Hamlin, Truex, and Christopher Bell. Uh, and then you get kind of Ty Gibbs thrown in as a bonus. I don't honestly don't think he will win the championship, but you know at least you get an extra driver there. And you're saying, well, what about the extra drivers like Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, and then the two legacy guys? I just not you know Eric Jones is such a long shot. I'm not quite there in knowing if that's going to be enough value to to you know make up that plus 185 to plus 200 difference by taking the whole camp. Certainly Reddick uh, could. But I, I just don't know if he's quite consistent enough and strong enough to yet at this point in his career to be able to put that all together. And then Bubba Wallace just struggles at Phoenix. He has not been good at Phoenix at all. Uh, and so while I think it's possible he makes Phoenix, I just don't think that's a very good track for him uh, at, at all. So I think it kind of eliminates most of the other guys once you get beyond those top three at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, I think it becomes much, much, much more difficult for these other Toyotas to win the championship. I, they certainly can Right. I mean, anything can happen in this sport, uh, and it certainly is not uh, outside of the realm of possibility that one of these guys wins. I just like getting that little extra uh, juice there, you know, that two to one instead of one eighty five, one one point eight five to one to to just have one of these three major Joe Gibbs racing drivers or potentially Ty Gibbs win the championship. The thing that's interesting about Bubba Wallace just in general, just kind of going back to him and like you talked about, he struggled a little bit at uh, he struggled at phoenix like we are coming into the playoffs this year with two drafting tracks atlanta's in the first round talladega's in the second round so mm-hmm. and he's really good at martinsville so i wouldn't be shocked if he gets there i wouldn't be shocked if yeah. like seabell gets there but i'm yeah. with you as far as this bet i've already bet this one as well um jgr won eight of the 36 point playing races last year they had three drivers rank inside the top five in speed Driver rating, fast slaps. Ty Gibbs looked really good at the end of the last year. At the end of last year, we already talked mm-hmm. about hyping him up. And then you're adding more data with two drivers that can kind of input and help you with Eric Jones and John Hunter Nemechek. So yeah. John Hunter is going to feel right at home in the Toyota camp. He's been working with Joe Gibbs Racing and Kyle Busch Motorsports and stuff. So I like this one. I like JGR a lot coming into this year. I like Toyota a lot. I mean, there's no, we kind of said at the beginning, there's no secret. We're very high on Toyota this year. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Toyota, whether it's the manufacturer or the flagship team, Joe Gibbs Racing, winning the championship this year is our turn for pick. So there's only one thing left to do and we got to drive into victory lane. And normally I, this is where I hand it off to Stevie to reveal our victory lane pick. We're going to change it up this week. I'm going to reveal the victory lane pick, and then I'll ask Stevie's thoughts after I give my analysis first. So our victory lane pick is a crossover with the Super Bowl. And this bet is which will be greater. The quarterback longest rush in the Super Bowl Plus three and a half, right? So we get three and a half yards tacked onto that longest rush from either quarterback, whether it's it's Mahomes or Purdy uh, or any other quarterback that may play Sam Darnold, <laughs> as I know people have uh, bet, you know, some of the backup quarterbacks win MVP. But the longest rush by a quarterback in the Super Bowl, plus three and a half yards, or the number of cars finishing on the lead lap 
in the Daytona 500. And we are siding with the quarterback longest rush plus three and a half. And, you know, working for the Action Network, I have the privilege of working with the number one guy in the Fantasy Pros Accuracy Contest for you know, ranking fantasy football players and projections, Sean Kerner. And he has the median lo- longest rush for a quarterback at 15 and a half yards. And I think it's interesting. If you look out there, Mahomes' longest rush is around 12 and a half. Kerner likes the over on that. He would lean towards the over on that. But then you also get Purdy. And while Purdy's longest rush is only around seven and a half uh, in the market, you just get the extra volume there. So you already have Mahomes, who's at 12 and a half, and any other, and, and, Kerner likes over that then you add in Purdy's rushes which have the potential to do that it kind of ticks it up towards 15 and a half there and that's the median number that Kerner came up with and then we get to add three and a half yards to that so that puts us at 19 uh for the quarterback uh you know as like kind of our median projection uh when we add the three and a half yards there well the last five years in the Daytona 500 the average cars in the lead lap has been 14.8 and a median of 15, and no more than 17 cars on the lead lap at the end of the day, Daytona 500 each of the last five years. And I say that because that's kind of when the, uh, in the Gen 6 era, 2019 is kind of when the rules changed, and then we moved on to the next gen car. Uh, so, you know, we've had a couple of years in the next gen car as well now. Uh, so I think that's a pretty relevant sample size. And I mean, Steve, you know, it's Daytona. These guys get crazy at the end because they want to win the Daytona 500. You're driving in a massive pack. One wreck wrecks half the field and uh, nobody ends up, you know, finishing on the lead lap. You get you. We just get so many wrecks at the end of the Daytona 500 year after year after year. It's going to be hard to have more than half the field on the lead lap. And if we get less than half the field on the lead lap, we're probably winning this bet just by taking the quarterback side of things. And hey, Mahomes could just break a 25-yard run, and then basically we're guaranteed to win this one. Uh, There's no way 30 cars are finishing on the lead lap in this race, uh, I I would think. So just kind of curious your thoughts on this Super Bowl NASCAR crossover prop. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, the racing has been a lot more calm with this new package and this new car. Well, no, it hasn't. I mean, it just seems that way. Like, the racing is still very aggressive. You have to push even more. You know, the last four Daytona races, not just the 500, has been 25, 17, 10, and 15 cars on the lead lap. So last fall, it was just a really odd race. A lot of stuff happened, but it happened really late in the race. And, you know, that's why there was 25 cars that fed, finished on the lead lap in that race. But, I mean, if we look at, like you said, the Daytona 500 numbers just in general, we're kind of hoping our, our quarterback comes in and breaks like a 16 to 18-yard run to put us really on the value side of this. If you look at the the playoffs just in general, Mahomes has rushed for 11, 24, 28. Purdy's rushed for 21 and 9. So the the upside is very much in the quarterback running here. We got tough defenses on both sides. There's going to be some scrambling. It's going to be, you know, you kind of go for that extra couple yards in a situation like this. It's the big game. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, overall, I'm with you on this one. I, I like it. And I've already bet um, Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. So. I hope this one hits. Yeah, like even just looking at some of these playoff games, like Tua, he hasn't ran really much all year. He had a 14-yard run in the game against Kansas City. Uh, Obviously, Josh Allen, 18-yard run. That's Josh Allen. And then Lamar Jackson. So like these these 
quarterbacks they're running. Like even if they yeah. aren't runners, Brock Purdy, for example, uh, a couple big games in the playoffs here running, and then uh, Tua, right? Like the quarterbacks are doing a little more. They're they're putting things on the line a little more because it's it, they're trying to win a championship. So uh, I'm with you. I think the quarterback uh, longest rush plus three and a half yards becomes a slam dunk bet here. So uh, that is our victory lane pick a little fun one here to wrap up this episode and that is going to do it thanks for listening to the nascar 2024 season long bets episode of running hot action network's motorsports betting podcast we'll be back this time next week with the daytona 500 episode of running hot where of course the great american race we will talk about bets for that one that's always a fun one probably our favorite episode of the year just because of all the potential bets that are out there the potential value uh obviously long shots can win this race so it's going to be an exciting one make sure you don't miss that on behalf of my co-host Stephen young thanks again for listening and we'll see you back here next week on running hot from action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.